Welcome to a special edition of the Christian Car Guy Show, and we're firing off this morning with episode four of Christian Car Guy Theater. Time now for Christian Car Guy Theater. With today's episode, Jimmy and the Roadhog. You may remember that when we last left Jimmy, he'd been involved in a terrible accident and was going to spend six months in a wheelchair. In this episode, we join Jimmy at the doctor's office. Well, Jimmy, it's been six months and you healed up nicely from your accident. You won't need that wheelchair or those crutches anymore. Your job now is to get your strength back. Doc, so you think it's okay to start driving? Whoa, whoa, young man, hold your horses. I recommend you start walking. Slowly at first, then after about a month, go jogging. That should do the trick and make that bad leg stronger. Then think about driving. So Jimmy took the doctor's advice and after two weeks, his treks into the countryside had become a habit. <laughs> Say, who's that heading this way? Oh, looks like a biker, dude. Hey, hey, look out! Ugh, what a road hog. There's room for everybody on this old dirt road. But would he go around me? No, I had to jump for my life. Well, there he goes around that turn up ahead. Thank goodness I'll never see him again. But Jimmy spoke too soon. When he came around the bend in the road, whom did he see but Mr. Roadhog himself under his toppled motorcycle? Pulling himself to his feet and dusting himself off, this guy wasn't very friendly looking. He had a mohawk haircut and tattoos of writhing snakes up and down his arms. He had boots with spikes on the toes and a sleeveless black leather vest that had a skull on the back. Uh-oh. Hey, what do you want? Nothing, I'm just walking. I, I was that guy you passed back there. Oh, right. You're the tenderfoot who wouldn't play chicken with me. Well, now you got your revenge, Pilgrim. I'm all scratched up and so is my cycle. So yeah, yeah, go on. Go ahead, laugh. I'm not laughing. You could have been hurt. What happened? I don't know. She just froze up on me all of a sudden. And we both keeled over. Do you know what's wrong? Sure. What are you, stupid? The blinking, blinking, stupid hog froze up and threw me on my blinking, blinking keister on the blinking ground here. Yes, but do you know why? Because I didn't finish my oatmeal this morning, all right? Who knows? I'll be just hitching a ride into town and get a wrecker or something. Bye-bye. Jimmy had his doubts that anybody would be willing to give this dude a ride. He was beginning to feel a little sorry for this character. I can help. What'd you say? You think you know more about my hog than I do? Um, maybe not, but I fool around with bikes a little and I think it might be your front forks. How long since you changed your fork oil? Ah, just this morning. Out with the old and filled it up with the new. Filled it up? Did you say you filled it up? What are you, deaf? That's what I said. Filled it up. To the top? Yeah, yeah, to the top. Well, that's the problem with your steering. You have to precisely measure fork oil, putting back exactly what you took out, or the bike won't steer in a curve. You can get the quantity from your manual. We just need to bleed these out a bit so you can steer, and when you get home, drain it all back out and get the spec on exactly how much to put in each fork. Jimmy was so intent on getting the motorcycle steering again, he forgot how scared he was. He knelt down and loosened the bleeding screw. 
just sit up here for me, holding the bike straight up and push on the forks a bit and I'll let some of the excess out. You're kidding. No, I'm not. Go ahead, push down for me. I have it loose on both sides. Jimmy let some of the fork oil out, then reported back to Roadhog. That ought to do it, going slowly now. Go check it out around that curve up ahead. Hey, if you done anything to ruin my machine, I'll rip you. What? He didn't even come back to say it was better. <sighs> Who'd have thought Hebrews 13.2, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. Mid hell's angels. <laughs> All the time Jimmy was recuperating, his car was getting back on its feet, or tires as it were, as well. By the time his broken leg was strong enough to work the gas pedal and the brake, his car was strong enough for him to drive. The day after the Roadhog incident, Jimmy decided to take his car for the first time to the malt shop since the accident. Hester Headlights was so happy. Gee, it's good to be back on the road again. Look, I'm beaming. And Gracie Gas Tank was pleased too. I know what you mean. It's great. Why, Jimmy just treated me to a total fill-up. Unleaded, of course. What do you think about our new family member? Frenchie Fender. She seems nice, but she's a little more forward than Fran Fender was, don't you think? Did I hear someone speak my name? My friends must be admiring my body language. You know, Monsieur Jimmy can even see himself in me. Bragging don't reflect well on you, Missy. It can only lead to trouble, that's what I always say. Sacre bleu. When you got it, you got it, Mademoiselle Gracie Gastink. Oh, oh, be careful, Monsieur Jimmy. Not so fast. You might hit something. Indeed, Jimmy was so excited to be driving again and eager to buy Pretty Betty Lou from his algebra class a chocolate shake that he had whipped in there rather fast. Now parked side by side in front of the malt shop were 80 shiny motorcycles, each with big black helmets perched on the seat. When Jimmy swung into the parking lot next to them, poor Frenchie Fender just slightly tapped the closest motorcycle, and Jimmy watched in horror the first motorcycle fell over on the next one to it, and then the next one, and then the next one. It was like a row of shiny chrome dominoes, and helmets rolled like marbles across the gravel. Oh no! It's like a row of shiny chrome dominoes. And look, the, the helmets are rolling under those other cars. Oh, I don't like this! <gasps> oh, look! I have a scratch on my beautiful finish! And it's not my fault, Monsieur Jimmy! Why did you go so fast? Jumping from his car, Jimmy hurried to try to fix things. Ugh, golly! This thing is so heavy, it won't budge. It didn't take long before the people in the malt shop noticed that something was wrong. A group of eight bikers, to be exact. The first biker said, Hey, bring that out. And another biker came outside right behind him. Take your hands off my hog. And another, and another, then a bunch of bikers all at once. Hey, hey you, I'm gonna tear your blinker head off. I'm blinking gonna get this guy there. Hey, come on. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry, everybody. You see, my fender tapped this bike here, and they, they all sort of fell over. I'm trying to pick them up, Ugh, but they're awfully heavy. Oh, they are, are they? The eight bikers started to form a circle around Jimmy. 
Hey, guys, wouldn't you say we teach this kid a lesson? Yeah, let's do it. Now, look, it was an accident. I apologize, but look. Ugh. Got your bike back up again. It's okay, see? No harm done. We'll get some harm done. Hey, wait a minute, guys. I know this kid. He's the one I was telling you about. He fixed my forks good as new. Let's cut him a little slack. Hey, Skeletor, you go over there and pick up Widowmaker's bike, and then Goremaster, you pick up his and so on. And Lizard, you pick up all the helmets. There now, everything's okay. Woo, that was a close one. Maybe now Jimmy's learned his lesson about driving too fast in a parking lot. I guess Monsieur Jimmy was right. Hebrews 13, 2. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by this, some have entertained angels without knowing it. <laughs> In this case, it did mean hell's angels. <laughs> the Roadhog turned to Jimmy. Hey, sorry about giving you all that flat, kid. Thanks again for the help with my bike the other day. I was so excited about getting it going again, I guess I forgot to thank you. Oh, that's that's okay. And I'm so sorry about the bikes. I, I haven't been driving for a while, and, well... Forget about it. Listen, everybody, I'm going to treat my new friend. Say, kid, what's your name? What's your name? Jimmy. I want to treat Jimmy here to a double ice cream soda in the flavor of his choice. Now, who's with me? Yeah. That sounds great. Say, what's your name? I didn't get it. You didn't? The guys all call me Roadhog. I don't know why. <laughs> Today's episode of Christian Car Guy Theater, Roadhog, starred Alex Seals as Jimmy. Bert Rosenberg played Roadhog and the Doctor. Ann Alt played Frenchie Fender and Ellen Kennedy, Gracie Gastain. Written by Ellen Kennedy and Robbie Dilmore. Produced and directed by the Christian Car Guy. Well, that was quite an episode of Christian Car Guy Theater, and we still have lots of Christian Car Guy show coming up for you today. We have some more amazing grace, like the grace that we saw there with Jimmy the Roadhog. What is the sun doing to your car's finish? And another story of amazing grace. Stay tuned for Motorwest. After Jimmy and the Roadhog, <laughs> we'd have to do a little hit, get your motor running there, Jerry, just to get you going today on the Christian Car Guy. We enjoyed that episode of Christian Car Guy Theater, and as always, there's sort of a message that's underneath that, besides the the one that hopefully you learned something about fork oil today, <laughs> which actually there's a true story behind that I might share later, but. You never know who it is that you may help up and may help out. You know, it may, God may use that to come around and, and and save your bacon at some point in time. And 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 that's an interesting thing when it comes to showing grace to somebody who scares you. Now, and, and you know what? That is a that is a hard thing to do. I mean, we sit there away from that, and you're not put in that situation. Oh yeah, you have all the answers. I wouldn't have any problem with that. But reality is, yeah, we 
that that's tough. We have to definitely lean on God to give us the strength to do that in those situations. I read an amazing story I'm going to share in a minute about amazing grace like that this week that where somebody would have just, you wouldn't think in a million years he could show grace and how God would use that. And I'm wondering if you have a story like that in your life, something where you were scared or there was no reason whatsoever to show this person grace, but God brought that out to an ending like Jimmy experienced there in the in the malt shop. If you have that story, we'd love to hear it. 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. And, of course, if you go to ChristianCarGuy.com, you'll see an article there on what is the sun? It's hot. I don't know if you know where you live. but <laughs> plenty, here, of, plenty of that lately. <laughs> here in North Carolina, it's been real hot. And when it gets really hot, a lot of stuff happens to your paint. And so we're going to be talking about that throughout the show as well, because we have our very own Christian body shop guy here, Jerry Mathis, with us. And what can we do to protect our cars in the hot summer heat? And, and there we have a lot of very practical tips for you along those lines, and we're going to share those. And, of course, we always want to tell you about the Jesus Labor Love. That's car repair labor for single moms and widows in crisis. And that's the labor, not the parts. And I, I also would say that that's all at our website, ChristianCarGuy.com. You can listen to that episode of Christian Car Guy Theater or any of the other three episodes. You can find out about the Jesus Labor Love or read any of these articles. It's it's all there at ChristianCarGuy.com. But I did want to share this story on the Jesus Labor Love. Um, Jerry, lately, you know, we've been running a little light on help. And so I've been handling most of the applicants coming in myself because, you know, after Vic passed away and then our other main assistant got very tied up. And so, by the way, if you feel like helping me <laughs> with this ministry, it is a huge blessing. And you can just go to the website and find out how to do that. But what I have found that's just astounding, you wouldn't think it would, you'd think Robbie would know of anything, <laughs> is that if I pray with the applicant when I'm first finding out what their need is, once I understand what they are, at that moment I stop and I pray and say, you know, God, I appreciate you coming to this person's aid and that they had the courage to fill out the application and all those things. Well, I had a situation in Apex about two weeks ago, and this young lady actually called in because she had a crisis, and somebody said, you need to call a Christian car guy. And so she found my number at the website, and she called me. And she said, my car's on the side of the road. My daughter needs to be picked up. I have no idea how to get her picked up. I have, ne I have negative money in my checking account. She lived in Apex, North Carolina. Well, we had been working, Jerry, for probably four years on trying to find somebody in that area around Raleigh to work on cars. And we didn't have anybody. And we certainly didn't have a wrecker. And I'm like, well, I can't send Jerry's wrecker all the way to Apex. <laughs> I'm like, you're glad I didn't call you. And so... <clears throat> I prayed right then, I, and I told her, I said, uh, Meredith, I don't know anybody in Apex. We don't have any resources there, but let's pray, and let's see if God will provide something. I'm not saying I'm not going to try to help, but I don't have anybody. And so we prayed that very prayer. Lord, please give us some idea on how, who we could reach out to. So the very second I got off the phone, Jerry, God said, big church in Apex, <laughs> big church in Apex. <laughs> I Google big church in Apex. Well, Apex Baptist Church comes up, and so there's the phone number. I call Apex Baptist Church, get the secretary on the phone. I said, ma'am, this is going to sound a little bit strange, but I do the Christian Car Guy radio show, and I've got a lady in your area needs help. Do you have either a car repair ministry in your church, or do you know of a good Christian mechanic that is one of your members? Oh, I know just the guy. 
really? Great. What's his name? She gives me his name. Within three minutes, I'm calling this guy, who was Tom at Apex Auto Service. And he was exactly as, as called. He was a wonderful Christian man, told him what I needed, that I had this lady on the side of the road. Could you possibly help? He goes, oh, yeah. You know, I can donate to labor if she can pay for the parts or we can figure out something on the parts. And I said, well, I really need a tow. And he goes, oh, I got just the guy for you. It's Rob at, at, at Rob's Towing Service right there in Apex. And, and here, you, here's the number. You call him. So I'm not on the phone with him three minutes. Three minutes later, I'm on the phone with Rob at Apex Tow. You know, and oh, yeah, if Tommy says to tow it, I'm going to tow it for free. So I, literally, Jerry, I'm telling you, he, he's like going to pick it up. So I try to call Meredith back after I talk to him. Well, he, he called her before I could get to her. So that phone, you know, her phone was busy talking to the record service by the time that I could get back to her. But the biggest blessing of all, besides the fact that her car did get fixed in, in a lot of the things. But for me, when I called her back, the first thing she said to me, Robbie, prayer works. My daughter walked in the door almost immediately after you prayed and God had found a way for her to, to come home. You know, which was the mother's main concern at that moment in time. And I say all that to say, quite often, Jerry, you know, that we don't get the resources together to help people. And I got hundreds of applications that I would love to have that kind of response. But when God opens whatever doors, when we pray and we ask, it's miraculous. It, it, you have, you, if you're in my shoes, you're sitting there going, Wait, I've waited for four years to try to find somebody in Apex to help us. And here, when I got a crisis, boom, they all step up. Which, by the way, if you go to ChristianCarGuy.com and you look under Christian Car Care Centers, all the people that help us, I put their information there. So if you live in Apex and you wonder about Apex Auto Repair or whatever, these other people, or if you're wondering about Ray's Body Shop, all those are listed there so that you would know these are Christian people that are trying to help single moms widows and stuff like that in crisis what a cool story you know and, and that story you know so many layers to it one is you praying with her and then seeking god to intervene in this and then also somebody to answer that call somebody to also answer the call not just by you giving them that call but the call of god to, to, to help someone that is yeah, and when you connect God to it, that's where the power is. That's the deal. Well, we are going to find out more about what about how like being out in the sun with your car. I got another really cool gray story. You're going to be so glad. You stay tuned. The Christian Car Guy Show. That is how your car feels <laughs> when you leave it out in the sun. It's a cruel, cruel summer, and it is what it does to the paint of your car. It's absolutely horrific, and we're going to talk about that today on the Christian Car Guy Show. We definitely, um, I wrote an article this morning about that. I know it's near and dear to Jerry's heart. It's near and dear to my heart because it, it, it's just unbelievable when you really think through this in the terms of what cars go through. That if you, you know, as a human being, when God made you, your skin, like when you get hot, it expands and your pores open and it sweats. Well, that's a really great thing because it can help cool you off. Well, when your hood is under the heat that the sun bearing down on it, Jerry, it would probably blow most people's minds to realize how it stretches the paint under those circumstances and opens up the pores of the paint. Yeah, you know, people just don't think about that stuff and you know when when you're talking about your finish of your car it can 
you can do so much good for that without much effort. It's just a little bit of effort. And then even, and I hope we get a chance to talk about some of the things not to do to the finish of your car where you think you're helping it. And because that's also a big issue, especially in this kind of, kind of heat in this time of the season with the, the bird droppings and the sap and all of that. But yeah, your, your paint, it, it expands. It's, you know, it just, you know, shrinks up, tightens up. And, and all of that is just, uh, you know, it's a, it's almost a, a breathing. Yeah. So just picture it with me for a minute that your, your beautiful car is sitting out there in the hot sun and that the paint is good and expanded. So the pores are wide open and a seagull is headed your way <laughs> and it has a bullseye in the middle of your hood that it's going to use to, to use it's to land is dropping. Now you don't have time to wipe that off. Obviously and you're not going to wipe it off, right? And you go home that night and now it sits out in your driveway and it cools off to 50 degrees. Or if you're in the desert, it might cool off to 30 degrees. Well, now that all tightens back up and now that acid that's in that bird dropping is really going to go to work and it goes to work to delaminate and to to cut up up underneath the paint whether you realize it or not and it does it almost immediately now how do we protect ourselves for stuff like that and we talked about it before that obviously washing your car on a regular basis is a big big deal but another part another easy thing to do is just a plain you don't have to do anything fancy a turtle wax a mcguire's wax because think about what wax does it melts and so as you do the wax on, wax off thing on your car, that wax being on top of the finish of your car, as soon as it gets hot in the summer, wax does what wax does. It, it melts and then it's slick, slick, slick. And so it's literally laying this, this film of protection over the top of that paint. It's, it's that simple, Jerry, but it has to be done every couple of months. It's just part of what you have to do. Yeah, and especially with the finishes of the, the new clear coat finishes and the urethane finish, you know, always use that. There's a lot of great waxes out there, but I'm telling you, I am sold on it. I like Meguiar's, but I'm just sold on a wax that'll wash itself off. After a few months, six months, you've washed all that wax off. What that does, it does you don't get that buildup, and it does a, just the opposite of what it needs to do. Instead of protecting your vehicle, it gets down to those pores and starts getting that buildup, and then it's not your your finish is not able to, to expand and retract the way it's supposed to, and just like a floor if you put a lot you know kitchen floor if you just continue to keep wax and wax all of a sudden it starts turning yellow and that's what sealers and so when you see some of these silicone products and think oh this is going to last forever well that ain't so wonderful if you're in the body shop business you've seen the effects of that and so a simple enough inexpensive turtle wax mcguire's obviously being you know the preferred one by most car guys you know that's going to be their deal yeah you know and that liquid wax like that i'm gonna tell you anybody can go out and basically get their car washed and get it waxed within an hour time do a complete wash and wax on a vehicle if you just it may you know may take you an hour and a half but that little bit of time is going to save the finish of that vehicle and it's going to you know what the car looks good you have pride in it hey you're more comfortable keeping your car and 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 when you care for your car like that, you develop this affinity for it. By the way, you know, look how look if you wax your car and you go park it somewhere and just stand back and look at it, you go, ooh, ah, uh, no wonder I bought this car. This thing is beautiful. I mean, it has to do with how you feel about your investment and those kind of things. And as the Karate Kid would tell you, it's great exercise. Wax on, wax off. I mean, the next thing date you know, yourself, <laughs> Robbie, date yourself. <laughs> well, the next thing up, also, I, I, I. 
have been praying about Old Red's finish and what's going on. Because out here at Truth Broadcasting, we have this very, very hot parking lot. And it's really hot. And, and I come out and I see all that sun on, on Old Red and I'm thinking, this, this can't be good. Um, and so I found a shade, a place of shade that a building actually shades it. Not a, the trees can be a problem because you got the sap off the tree and birds hang out in the tree. And so you got double problem. You may have shade, but you got the other issues that come with that. So some trees are okay. They don't drop sap and they don't hold a lot of birds. And so that's okay. But whatever you can find that's shade now, it's about a quarter of a mile away. So Jerry this morning is like, where's old red? Well, I jog, I, I now park old red about a quarter of a mile away and I jog up to work and I get the extra exercise, you know, as an old geezer like me needs. <laughs> Plus, when I go out to get in my car, it's 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 20 or 30 degrees cooler, which not only helps the outside finish of the car, but what that does for the inside as well. Right, Jerry? Absolutely. You know, and you know what we talk about that, you know, you always think about the outside, but the inside, you know, that weather and that heat, you know, you're talking about vinyl, plastic, leather, cloth. Man, that heat and that that sun just just zaps it. I mean, it takes. Oh, how many? I, you know, I've praising cars all my life. I have no, no idea how many crack dashes, crack consoles, you know, door panels that are peeling, headliners that are falling. Heat has a huge effect on all that. Yeah, and, that, and it goes back to you know. I, I'm gonna go back to the the one thing you just a little bit of maintenance can make such a difference. I mean, get some treatment put on your dash every now and then. Keep it cleaned off and. Your interior clean whenever you can you know crack your windows just think about that heat and stuff what it's doing to that vehicle and it goes back to it if you keep it clean it's so much easier to, to spot when you start having a problem and be able to correct it before it becomes a major problem yeah and then and, and by the way if you got something along these lines we we're still looking for your grace stories too by the way 866-348 seven eight eight four we are live today we'd love to take your question or comment eight six six three four eight seven eight eight four but jerry did a wonderful video it's still at christian car guy site and i linked it to the article i wrote today of something simple enough is if you got scratches guess what that gives your <laughs> your paint it's 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 like if you got a scratch in your skin god gave you a way to protect yourself but if you got a scratch in your car finish that lets in all sorts of evil, nasty stuff, right, Jerry? Yeah, all of a sudden you got a little bitty scratch or a chip, and then six months later it got a little bigger. And then all of a sudden you look and your your whole hood is peeling back and stuff, and you got surface rust. You know, take care of it when it's when it's small. It goes back to it. if you don't keep it clean, you're not going to see that stuff. If you don't pay attention to it, you're not going to see that till it gets to the point of needing some major repairs. Yeah, that's the deal. Is that you know, like Barney Fife always says, and I love that clip. I didn't use it today, but I use it quite often. Nip it in the butt. You got to nip it in the butt. And, and Robbie, I want to just, <laughs> one thing I also want to just take a moment to say, when you're talking about the re, the finish of your vehicle, there's so many little things you can do and, and a couple of things that are pet peeves of mine. One is just wash your car, put some wax on it. Everybody loves those magnets that they put to the car. <laughs> Especially my boss. You know, <laughs> Oh, man, they show your passion for whatever it is. But you know what? Those things play havoc on the finish of a vehicle. I mean, after a while, especially, you know, I always tell people, if you're going to use magnets, move them around. Every couple of weeks, move that thing and keep wax in those areas because 
it'll lift the paint right off of the vehicle. It'll just cause a separation, a delamination of the paint from the, the e-code or the metal if you just leave it sitting there and it just sort of like etches in there, it just sort of bakes itself into the finish. It can even change the way, you know, where it, the car fades differently where you <laughs> might, you know, you're going to have to keep that magnet there because now you, you got a scar is bright red where the magnet was and it's not quite so bright red where, where those other things are. Yeah, so that that's one of them. And then the other one is never, ever, ever go and get the Brillo pad out or the, <laughs> or the, the, the pan pad that you, your wife uses to, to scrub her pans to get those bird droppings and sap off of your vehicle. I tell you. Or road tar. You know, yeah. that's another thing that people use a real coarse brush. And, and you know. It, well, they put the first sanding for it to be refinished at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, it's, it's easy to laugh at. We've all done it because you're frustrated trying to get that stuff off the paint. And you need to get it off the paint because it's going to get embedded into the paint you know road tar all those things is all part of the cleanup sooner the better when you get it on there get it off but realize that you know it's kind of like your skin you're not going to take a brillo pad to your skin and you're not you know think about what how you're treating something that has a finish like that well we come back i do have an amazing grace story that i want to share with you along the lines of jimmy and the road hog along the lines of uh, just what how god treats us as his favorite so we're going to be sharing that, and we've got a few more tips, but I would love to hear your gray story. By the way, that piece is from Stu Epperson's uh, CD, The Last Words of Jesus, that goes with his, the book that he wrote, and that was done by Richie Kingsmore. Just an absolutely phenomenal uh, CD, uh, which we are very proud to be part of here at the Truth Network. So um, that song almost makes me cry when I listen to it, because I, I think of what all's in that amazing grace. And as we move into our appraisal by the real black book, that's where we search the Bible for hidden treasure, cry out for discernment, lift up our voice for understanding. Well, if you listen to the beginning of the show today, you heard our fourth episode of Christian Car Guy Theater, and it was Jimmy and the Roadhog, and Jimmy showed grace to the Roadhog, which was, you know, treating somebody like they're your favorite in spite of the fact that they're really difficult to deal with. And if you look at Isaiah 61, to me, there was a marvelous picture that I, I learned a couple years about, ago about grace that I just keep coming back to. And there is what Jesus quoted too as well. And it says, the spirit of the Lord is, of Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim, proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound and to proclaim, proclaim, the year of the Lord's favor. <clears throat> when I understood that that favor is grace, all of a sudden I proclaimed that it was the year that Robbie's Jesus' favorite. <laughs> and so I have noted that when I am around people who are godly, 
I always feel like I'm their favorite when I'm in their presence. If you knew Jerry Mathis or Bob Young, any of my dear friends, when I'm in their presence, I always feel like I'm their favorite. And that's a, a sense you of... You are, uh, Robbie, you are. <laughs> but you know that Jesus is full of grace and truth. So I have this sense that when I'm in Jesus' presence, that I'm his absolute favorite. And he treats me that way in spite of my behavior Sometimes, and that isn't what he chooses was my behavior, but sometimes I chose bad behavior, but it doesn't change things. Well, I've been reading this book. You know, the technology today is phenomenal. You can go online and you can look at the Sword and the Trial, which was Spurgeon's magazine that he that he did uh, in the 1860s, and there's book reviews in there. Then you can find these old books that have been out of print forever and that are in Google Books because they scanned all these books and it's absolutely free. And there's a book called Richard Weaver, The Converted Collier. And I'm going to just tell you, this book is a picture of grace if ever there was one. Richard Weaver had a praying mother. His father beat his mother, threatened to cleave her head because she read the Bible. And so he taught her sons to treat him, treat her the same way in spite of the fact that she constantly prayed for him. And Richard rarely preached that he did not talk about his saintly mother. And the person who wrote his biography, by the way, the Richard Weaver story, said that he led more people to Christ than anybody he knew at the time, including Spurgeon. So obviously this man was an amazing evangelist. But at this point, he comes home drunk, and he's a coal miner. His face all, face all beaten up from being in the boxing matches and stuff like that, like they did for money in those days. And as he comes to the door, and his mother, is he can hear his mother praying through the door. And rather than responding well to that he yells at her goes upstairs she follows him upstairs keeps praying he grabs her by her gray hair and shakes her tells her to stop then later on as he's in one of these boxing matches he hits a guy and this blood covers him and he remembers his mother's prayer nothing but the blood and he comes to christ and it's an amazing story no doubt but what's even more amazing is to listen to the grace that Richard Weaver had for other people after that. There were numerous times he turned the cheek to somebody else on purpose so that they could hit him again until they would feel so sorry that they would come to Christ. There's lots of stories like that in the book. But the one that absolutely took my breath away, that he would have grace for somebody like this is beyond me. There was He was preaching in a church in some place called Prescott, England, and and. They came to him at four o'clock in the morning that this man had come home drunk and had knocked his wife down the stairs and kicked in her ribs, literally broken her ribs, punctured her lungs. She could barely breathe. Now, having had that happen to me, not I fell out of a tree and had my lungs broken, punctured and all that. So I know what that feels like. When Richard comes in, she's laying on the ground and she says, Richard, I want to be with Jesus. Can I just go be with Jesus? And he goes, no, you need to live. And he just tells her that. You, you need to live until God says you don't have breath anymore. Where's your husband? You can't go talk to him. He'll kill you. He said, I, I got to go talk to him. Now, could you have grace? I wonder, could you have grace for this man that kicked in his wife's ribs and beat her near to death? I don't, I have no idea. He goes into this man. This man has a carving knife. He's, he's carving an apple. He said, you take one more step at me, Richard, I'm going to kill you. And he said, you know, as you are now, I once was but Jesus had mercy on me and he wants to forgive you for what you've done to your wife. He leads this fellow coal miner to Christ there in the kitchen that just kicked his wife's ribs in. 
Now, you may be thinking, wow, what a horrible thing. He should be putting this guy in prison. And, and I, don't, I can't speak to that. But what I do know is that the biographer said 20 years later, you never saw this man that he didn't have his arm and his wife's arm, and they weren't going to church every single Sunday because of what? Amazing grace. Because he could treat this inhumane man right there as if he was his favorite because he knew from whence he came. I know that I've been that despicable to do horrible things. Why can't I have that kind of grace for others that Richard Weaver had? He was, is, 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 and so you're probably wondering, Robbie, what does this have to do with paint? Well, I have an answer for you. <laughs> Old Red is my favorite. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And you know that. that. Do you treat your car like it's your favorite? Like this is my favorite car ever. Because if you do, you're, you're going to keep it better and you'll keep it longer and in doing so it's a good stewardship and you'll have money for other things because you're not spending it by trading cars every two or three years so this whole idea of favorite you know what i'm saying think of the most godly person that you can think of the person that you see christ whenever you're around them and i'll bet you anything i will bet the farm that you feel like that person that when you're in that person's presence that you feel like you're their favorite am i right rich jerry yeah uh I mean, you know that how deep is that? I mean, really, just you think about grace and how this man could go in and look at this other man and what he was seeing wasn't someone who had beat his wife and hurt his wife. It was somebody that was hurting that needed to know the grace in, of Jesus Christ. You know, any situation we're in, if we can look at through, through that situation, look at him through those set of lenses and glasses, it can change it instantly. And that's the point. If you're listening right now and you're thinking, I've done stuff, Robbie, you don't know. I can't be forgiven. Jesus paid it all. He went through an unbelievable torturing death in order to pay for that so that you could be holy in God. You have to believe that he did it. You have to believe that he's God's son. You have to accept that. And you have to ask him into your life but it's available and you can have that kind of cleansing that Richard was talking about there. It's available to you. So how about this week? Think about how we can show amazing grace. Remember, go to ChristianCarGuy.com. You can find out more about how to take care of your car. You can find these articles here, the last episode of, of Jimmy and the Roadhog, but also look at the Jesus Labor Love, car repair labor for single moms and widows. Check out the places it can repair your car you know, the, the Christian car care centers. Remember, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went, and he got it all done in how long? Uh, what was it, three Th- years? 33, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 33 years. And, and, and this week, how about asking God, can you give me that kind of grace to show to somebody that really is getting on my nerve? <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Christian Car Guy Show.